Well, this morning we're talking about discover. The discover process, part of the discover part of our process. Have you ever had one of those aha moments? Have you ever had one of those moments where you were, you were looking for something or you were investigating something and it was finally right there before your eyes and you went, aha, that's it. As a parent, have you ever seen one of your children um, figure something out? Maybe it was how to turn the light on or how to, how to um, maybe button a shirt or tie their shoe and you, you see their, li- their, their eyes just light up and it's like, aha, I know how to do this now. And then they do it over and over and over and over again. I don't remember the first time that I ever learned to shoot a basketball, but I can tell you that once I learned to shoot a basketball, I did it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I still love to do it to this day. Um, you see, life, life is all about discovering, right? It's an adventure. We're talking about that. And who doesn't like to discover things? Um, I don't know if any of you get this magazine. I don't, but there's this magazine called Discover Magazine. And this is what they say. Take an exciting adventure with Discover Magazine as it reports captivating developments in science, medicine, technology, and the world around us. Spectacular photography and refreshingly understandable uh, stories on complex subjects. Connect everyday people with the greatest ideas and minds in science. And then they go through this list of things that every issue delivers. And then they say, Discover Magazine, expand your mind. Who wouldn't want to expand their mind, right? We have entire television shows dedicated to this very thing. We have the Learning Channel. We have the Discovery Channel. And there's one of my favorite shows on Discovery Channel. I don't know if you ever watch it, but it's called How It's Made. Right. Why wouldn't we want to watch a show like that? I mean, do you know how moon pies are made? It is, it's incre- all by machine. All by machine. It's all mechanical. And I just can't imagine who thought that up. Now, um, a friend of mine and myself the other day, we were working on a small combustion engine that had points on it. And, and, and we're both looking at this thing going, well, okay, this... This triggers the points, which fires the spark plug at just the right time. And who even thought up this? Who figured this out? Well, I guarantee you somebody one morning didn't just poof. They had a combustion engine um, on paper. It took time. It took a process. It took trial and error. And, and, and now, you know, we, we have combustion engines that none of us can even work on anymore because they're, you know, they're so complicated. That didn't happen overnight. It, it, it was a long process in that. Um, I, I love, love to discover. I love Google for that very reason. You know, we'll be having a conversation in our house and somebody will say, well, what is this? Or what does this mean? Or, or what does this do? It does this. I mean, immediately I have the information and I'm kind of thinking that maybe that's not the best idea. You know, before, uh, before we had, you know, 30 volumes of encyclopedias on our shelves, Right. And, and we had to actually go and look for that. And it took time. Maybe we went to the library. Well, what I'm talking about today, what we're going to be kind of looking at, is kind of reverting back to some of those days a little bit where it takes a little bit more work and, and, and effort to learn and gain and discover things. Uh, the people who Jesus was talking to in the first century... Uh, the, the 12 disciples and all the other people that followed around um, through the countryside, um, Jesus was communicating to and living his life with, with all of these people. And, and he was communicating to them new things. They were learning things that they had never, ever learned before. They were discovering things 
on a daily basis by being with and around Jesus Christ, things that, that change the universe forever. And, and it's very similar for us today. Uh, we are learning those very things. Some of you sitting here this morning, y- you don't, maybe you've heard the name of Jesus, but you really don't know anything about him. Um, you're not even sure necessarily that he was God and, and what that even means if you did come to that conclusion. You know what? That's okay. I am glad that you're here because you know what? You are starting the process. Um, you have questions. We, we get that. And, and I hope and pray that, that you feel comfortable enough to come here and, and be a part of the process that God is doing here and learn along with the rest of us. You see, we're all on different places in this journey, in, in this process. We are at different places. Um, the very fact that we have children this morning who are now, now asleep and before were, you know, a little bit uncomfortable with being in this room, that's proof to the process. That child is at the beginning, very beginning of the process. We are, as adults, at a different place in the process. Have we stopped learning? No, we continue to, we continue to learn. We continue to discover. I'm, I'm glad that you are here no matter where you are in the process. And trust me, it's a journey and it's an adventure. It's an incredible adventure. Now, today's message in regards to this process um, covers some advice that Jesus gave us. In fact, I want to take another step further and say that it wasn't simply advice to us, but I'd like for us to see it as a command, that this is something that we will do and should do. If you would, turn to Matthew chapter 7. Um, Matthew chapter 7. It won't be on the screen up here. Ty, do you have that open in in a chair Bible right there? What page is it? It's page 961 in the Bibles under the chairs uh, to help you find that if you don't know where the book of Matthew is. Matthew chapter 7, uh, we're going to begin reading in verse 7. Um, And here we find, in as you're turning, this passage right here is is found in one of the most famous sermons ever given on planet Earth. Um, This was a sermon uh, given by Jesus Christ himself on a mountainside. So, Think of yourself as someone who's sitting at the feet or at a distance um, in earshot of Jesus who is teaching. Um, I don't know, are the, are, the, are the chair Bibles red letter? Uh, the chair Bibles are not red letter, that's unfortunate. But um, in, in anybody that has a red letter Bible, maybe if you're sitting in a row with someone who does have a red letter Bible, they could kind of show you that, that the words of Jesus are in red letters. And there are several chapters of red letters here where Jesus preached this sermon to the people. Um, And the people were amazed. They were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed that he was teaching with authority. And and many people had trouble with what Jesus was was teaching because they're like, there's no way. There is no way I can do this. Uh, Jesus, you are setting the bar so high that it is impossible for me to do this. And you know what? You would be right. They were right in thinking that. If they were thinking of trying to do those things in and of their own strength themselves. You see, God, as we've mentioned before, God gives us the power to be a part of this process and to learn the things that He's teaching us. Um, He is in charge. And, And we're assured throughout the Bible that God is merciful and gives good gifts to His children. We have to remember that. 
We have to remember that. The words of the angel to Mary. When, when the angel came to Mary and said, Mary, um, you are gonna be, you're going to be with child. And you're to give him the name Jesus. And, and Mary's thinking to herself, this is impossible. I mean, it's impossible for a woman who is a virgin to have a child. And what did the angel say to her? What did the angel say to her? Nothing, Mary. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And we need to remember that as we think through the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave. So a question for you this morning is, how curious are you? How curious are you? What good things does God maybe have for you? What good things does God have for me? How does his universe operate? Um, What do we do when we are confronted by people who oppose our message? How do we respond to them? What do we say to them? What do we do when we feel ourselves losing hope in life? Because of our circumstances. What do we do then? What is justification? What is sanctification? Who is my neighbor? Those are all questions many of you may have had at one time or another. Or maybe all of them right now. How do I respond to someone who has made me their enemy? You see, there are answers to these questions. Now, the main place that that we find the answers to these questions is where? It's right here. It's in our Bible. God's revelation to us of who he is, how he operates, what he wanted us to know. Okay, now some of us, you're thinking, yeah, great, Pastor Dave. Yeah, I have a Bible in my hand, but I could never even begin to understand all of this. Look, it's a process. And, and, and if you don't understand that much, you are at the beginning of the process. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, but I want to encourage all of us to be a part of of the process. Jesus taught and showed by example the answers to many of our everyday questions. They're right here. They're right here. So what do we do when we don't know the answer to something? Well, what does Jesus tell us to do? He says it right here in uh, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. That seems fairly simple to me. It's uncomplicated. Ask, seek, knock. But, um, like I said, first service, we could stop right there. I could pray, we could all go home. Great, ask, seek, knock. Okay, but um, in hopes of not... um, How did I say that earlier? Um, Not insulting your intelligence... um, I want to go through each one of these things. Um, So the first thing is this. Number one, uh, the one who asks lacks something. The one who asks lacks something. The reason that we ask questions is is because we want answers or we we lack something. Um, For some reason, this process this morning brought to brought me back to a point in time in growing up and I was on the farm and we had this big four-wheel drive John Deere tractor that, that the air conditioning was out on. And, and we had bought a, an air conditioning uh, compressor and we were trying to put it on and my brother is putting this on the tractor and I'm looking through the box and there's this card in the box of this farmer kicking uh, an air conditioning compressor and the, and the words on that say, if all else fails, read the directions. It's true. You farmers know. You don't read the directions. You give it a shot first and see if... And most often, you know what you're doing. But in this case, we kind of had to read the directions because it was our first one 
of many on that tractor, unfortunately. Um, we need to ask. So let me ask you this morning, do you lack anything? Is there anything that you lack in your life? Sure, you're thinking to yourself. Um, I, I lack enough time in the day. I lack enough money in the month. And I lack enough sleep at night. Okay, yes. Those are three things that we can lack in our lives. But there are other things that are important as well. Um, Jesus doesn't really get specific here when he said, you know, what do I ask for? Jesus, what are you saying? Ask. The answer that I think to that question is the answer that I would tell my children. That all of us would. What is the only kind of dumb question? One that's not asked. Um, it, I, I tell my children, I think fairly often, just ask. Just ask. If you have a question, just ask. If you want to know if you can do something, just ask. Because if you don't, there's no way for there to be an answer given to that. Just ask. The only way we will get an answer is if we ask. Um, what's the worst thing that could happen? Say you ask God for something. What's the worst thing that could happen? He could say no. Yeah. But he doesn't have a chance to say no until you ask, right? Jesus says, ask, ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Um, God isn't afraid to give us the answers that are the ones that are best for us. Um, so we need to ask. Uh, but I want to give you three things that I would encourage all of us, all of us to ask for. Uh, the first thing is this, faith. Let's ask for faith. Um, in James, or in John chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus, it says, and he was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed at the lack of the disciples' faith. It's like, come on, guys, don't you get it? Again, they're in process. If you watched the second look video of last week, um, uh, you saw Pastor Ty teach on the fact that, that Jesus called the disciples in, what, chapter 4, I think, of the book of Matthew. And, and you don't really see them engaged in ministry themselves until, you know, later, like chapter 19 or 20 or 28. Well, what are, what are all those other chapters in there? They're part of the process. They're a part of Jesus growing the disciples up into the place where he wanted them to be. And we were all a part of that. And one of those things that they lacked was faith. Faith. Let's ask God for faith. The writer of Hebrews defines faith as this. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's being sure of the object of our faith, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, we can't see him. But we hope because of what we read in the Bible and what we experience in our everyday lives. Now, unfortunately, in our culture today, we have this phrase that says, um, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, that Thomas, one of the disciples, he was in that same place that, that some of you are. I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, a conversation that, that Sarah, she was at early service, uh, Sarah and I always have. Weather forecast, there's going to be snow, I get excited. I'm like, this last forecast, I got the snowblower out, I got it ready, put the chains on, I mean, I was ready. And I was ready for that foot. I always, I always go by the highest one that they're forecasting, right? Um, I was ready for that, and my wife constantly says, yeah, whatever, I'll believe it when I see it. I hate it when she's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm praying this week will be the week. Foot and a half. Come on, Lord. Bring the snow. Bring the snow. 
But, but we kind of think that way, don't we? But even sometimes in our culture, uh, I was talking with someone yesterday, what we see isn't necessarily right either when it comes to science, for instance. There was science that said this is absolutely true a hundred years ago, and now we know today that it wasn't even close because there was more discovery to happen. And it's the same way in our process of, and our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Let's ask God for faith. Uh, second thing that, that we are told to ask for, actually, according to Scripture, is wisdom. Wisdom. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. There it is. If you don't feel like a wise person at any time in your life, ask God, it says. And, then it, and James goes on to say, um, God gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Um, it certainly wouldn't hurt me to be smarter, that's for sure. Um, God, how many of us don't want wisdom? I mean, really, we do. Uh, we want wisdom. The question is, are we willing to ask for it and trust him for that wisdom? Um, let's ask him for wisdom. Faith, wisdom, and a third thing is this. A willingness to surrender. A willingness to surrender. Mark chapter 10, verses 20 and 22, we have an interaction between Jesus and the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler had asked Jesus, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus' answer was to that was, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The rich young ruler then says this, beginning in verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. I've, I've kept the Ten Commandments. I've kept the law. I've done it all. And Jesus knows that his heart is still not with him. So Jesus looked at him and loved him and says this, One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. The, the rich young ruler had something in his life that he needed to surrender to God. And we talked about it last week, laying, taking up our cross every day, um, laying down our lives before him. See, Jesus wanted this rich young ruler to discover that happiness in life can't be found in things, can't be found in wealth. Jesus is trying to communicate to him, it can only be found in me. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. No man comes to the Father but by me. And we all have those things in our lives that we need to submit God. And, and if we're honest, I think we would recognize some of those things that, 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 that we're, we're wanting God to take. And, and, and I'm encouraging us, let's ask for His help in giving up those things that we want to hold on to. We all lack something. Let's just take the time each day to go before the Lord and ask. It never hurts to ask, I tell my kids. It never hurts hurts to ask. Because if we do, Jesus says, that we will receive. We will receive. The next thing Jesus says is this. Seek and you will find. Seek and you will find. So number two in your notes is the one who seeks has lost something. Why would I seek in the first place? Well, because there's something that I don't have or, or I have lost. Uh, have you ever gotten lost? Have you ever been on a trip and, and you got lost? I'm sure there's some really funny stories out there 
about people getting lost. And of course, the response of their, the, the other spouse on, you know, whether they think they're lost or not. Well, I'm not lost. One person earlier said that, that their husband always says, we're not lost, we're just misplaced. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know what it feels like to, to be lost because I've never been lost. Uh, a few months ago, I was actually driving a bus full of uh, retired folks from, from Colorado and Wyoming, and we were in Rapid City going to the motel that, that we were supposed to stay at, and I had, had it in my GPS, the motel, the address of the motel, and I'm following that, right? Because you can't get lost following a GPS. Trust the instrument. Trust the instrument. Okay, we pull off the exit of the interstate, and I see the sign for the motel, or maybe not the motel, but it has the exact same name of the motel that we're staying at. Um, and the GPS says, turn left, not right. So what did I do? I turned left. I'm following the instrument. It's right, right? I turn left, and when it says you've arrived at your destination, I turn to my right, and there's an empty lot. Now, we could have been discouraged by that. You know, we're lost. Forget it. Um, guess what, folks? Looks like you're sleeping on the bus tonight. No, what did we do? We tried to discover. Uh, we tried to seek the actual place where we were staying. And we, we found it. And um, everybody was happy that I finally got them to the destination and, and all of that. Um, now, we can't trust a GPS. Well, I did in this particular case. But we can trust our Bibles. 100%, okay? GPS is fallible. Humans, fallible. Um, uh, intelligence, fallible. God's Word, no. It, it is true. Um, it will not lead us astray. Um, but we kept seeking, and that's what Jesus wants us to do. Because you see, without Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're spiritually lost. We are lost. We're left suffering the consequences of sin and their terrible consequences. But now... Hang with me. Um, we only say something is lost if it has value, right? Um, I, I find bobby pins around my house all the time. On the floor, on the wood stove, on the couch. Um, not one time has my daughter ever come to me and said, Hey, Dad, I lost a bobby pin. Do you know where it is? Not one time. Why? We have thousands of, of bobby pins in the house. I mean, just look all over the floor and on the stove and they're everywhere. They're not valuable. But if I were to not know where these are now, even though I've only had them a couple months, um, I know how much these cost. They have value. And, and, and if they're missing, they are lost. They are lost. And, and as human beings, we need to remember that. That, that any time anybody says that we're lost spiritually, the reason why that is true is because we have incredible value. We have incredible value. I mean, Jesus Christ gave His life for us. There is no value greater than that. None. Than a person giving their life for another. That's what Jesus did. It reminds me of the parables that Jesus told of the sheep, the coin, and the lost son. Those were valuable things lost. And, and in telling those stories, what did Jesus say? The person seeked them out. They hunted. They searched. The, the, the woman with the lost coin, she turned the house upside down. Her house had never been so clean. And she found the coin. But she seeked it out until it was found. And then Jesus says, what does the shepherd do? He, when there's a lost sheep, 
He leaves the 99. He leaves the majority in the fold and He goes out and He seeks the Lamb that's lost. Jesus said He came to seek and save those that were lost. That's all of us. He came to seek all of us. But Jesus, in those parables, is talking about, um, about Him seeking us. In our passage this morning, Jesus is talking about us seeking Him. Um, what, what have we lost? What have you lost? Uh, we've lost our connection to God. We try and hide because we're afraid or we're ashamed. Jesus says, seek and you will find. We've lost our direction in life. Maybe you feel like kind of you're on a detour and you're, you're wondering what's going on and you're relying on your own logic and intelligence. And, but in doing that, you constantly lose your way. Jesus says, seek, seek, and you will find. Uh, and in many ways, as those who are lost, we, we've, we've lost our potential. Um, I know people who have incredible gifts. All of us in this room, we all have incredible gifts. I know families, I personally know families, where the husband and the wife and the three children who are growing up, who are getting older and they're growing in stature and have gifts and talents themselves, but, but there's this family and they're sort of just bouncing around in life. They're not reaching their full potential and what God could do with their life because they're not seeking first the kingdom. There is so much that, that, that this family could do for God. God could use them in incredible ways. But their potential isn't being reached because they are selfishly seeking after their own things, the things that they think are important. Um, they're trying to accomplish what they accomplished in life in their own strength. Jesus says, seek and you will find. Uh, one time my brother was coming home from college. This was a long, long, long time ago. He was on his way home from college. He was going from the University of Wyoming. He was going from Laramie to, to our farm north of Pine Bluff. So he was just getting to Pine Bluff on Interstate 80, and he looked down and he noticed that he was about out of gas. Well, you know, growing up on a farm, you didn't buy your own gas. You just went out to the pump and filled up. And, and so he knew that he didn't have enough to get home, but he had enough to get to my uncle's farm, which is a part of the corporation, right? So he pulls into my uncle's farm. Nobody's around. He pulls up to the gas tank. He fills his truck with gas and he heads down the road to go home. And halfway home, his pickup starts smoking like crazy. And, and he loses power and, and he's not able to get up the hill and he can't get up to speed. Well, what happened? He put diesel in it. Yeah. He filled his gasoline engine uh, vehicle up with diesel. Well, what happened? It's the wrong fuel. And when we have the wrong fuel, we don't reach our potential. That's exactly what happened to the engine. You see, my uncle had a problem with people stealing gas. <laughs> so he swapped the tanks. He put diesel in the gasoline that was marked gasoline, and, and the gasoline was marked diesel. I'm not sure if my brother's the only one he caught or not, but... Um, We can only reach our full potential if we're seeking the kingdom of God first. Seek the kingdom of God. And again, just to remind you, um, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not die but have everlasting life. That's a gift that God is giving us. He died and He rose again so that we could be saved. 
He came to earth as a baby. He died on a wooden cross. Let's continue to seek the things of God. Let's continue to seek after Him. Let's not give up. Let's not quit. Let's not be content with just sitting on the side of the road and just say, well, it looks like we're sleeping on the bus tonight. No! We don't have to do that. We can continue to discover. We can continue to discover. Seek. Ask and it will be given to you. Verse 7 again. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And, and as I read these things, as I hear Jesus saying them, it seems to me that He's going from a small amount of effort to a greater, greater part of effort. You know, it's, it's fairly easy to ask someone something. It's, it's fairly easy to throw up a prayer to heaven. Um, it's a little more difficult to then begin, begin to seek. You see, some of you who are here this morning, you have taken a more difficult step by even coming here. You're seeking. I'm glad you're here. And I know that can be tough because you don't, you know, who knows what it's going to be like, especially if you've never been to church before. What are they going to do? I don't know the songs. That's okay. You're at a different place in the process. You're seeking. But then he says, knock and it will be open. More effort yet. And why would we knock? Why do you knock on a door? Because there's something hidden behind it? Because there's something you don't know? It's locked and you would like whoever's on the other side to open it up? Jesus says, knock. In a few uh, minutes, Pastor Ty is going to talk to us about the discover part of this process. And, and I kind of see that as not just the seeking, but also the knocking. Um, this, is, this, is the, this is the why. Why would we want to do what Pastor Ty is going to tell us about? Because Jesus says to Ask, seek, knock. So, Jesus is giving us the why. He wants us to persistently pursue God. Number three in your notes. Persistently pursue. And when we do, when we persistently ask and seek and knock, what happens? It's right there in verse 8. It says, For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. What a blessing. What a, I have, I've never been more happy than seeking something in God's Word and finding it and having um, God answer that question for me. Um, I mean, I've seen some pretty exciting stuff on how it's made and Top Gear and other things. You know, all of those shows we like to watch to discover new information, right? Oh, but, but when the light comes on about something in God's Word, it's a whole nother level of discovery. And that is my prayer and my hope for all of us. Um, he who knocks, the door will be opened. Think of it this way. Um, wives, I want you to, to think about this. When your husband stands in the kitchen and he's standing in front of the spice door, cupboard door or the spice rack, and he says, Hey honey, where is the garlic salt? What is your answer? It's in the spice cupboard, right? It's in the spice rack. And then, but what does he then say? Usually, it's not here. Right? I see lots of head shaking. Um, my wife would be, you know, clapping. Um, I just did this the other day. Because here's the thing. Guys, we are great. We're great at asking. We're great at maybe seeking a little bit. In, in other words, opening the door and looking. But a woman's look is a lot different than our look, Right? 
My wife always says, her next question is always, well, did you move anything around? <laughs> well, no. I thought it should just be right there. So, so in an attempt to not be that way, um, just this last week, I'm looking for the garlic salt, and I'm, I, I'm grabbing things out of the cupboard, and I'm moving them around, and I'm looking for them, and I'm like, honey, where's the garlic salt? Well, it's in there. Just look around. And I'm like, I, I am. I, I look through everything, and I put it all back. And I went to put the last thing, which was the first thing that I grabbed out of the cupboard. It was the garlic salt. I thought it was in a red jar. This was a green jar. We need to knock. We need to seek. We need to persistently pursue. Um, let's be active. Let's work hard. We're gonna have to, you're going to have to reprioritize some things in your life. You just are. But what's more important? Discovering the riches of God or whatever, catching up on CSI New York on Friday night. Really, honestly, what's more important? What's more important? Um, let's be active. Let's work hard. I mean, we all want to discover new things and there aren't any greater things that can be discovered than the things of God. One last illustration before Pastor Ty comes up. Have you ever, have you ever called someone to see if they were home? Actually, in your mind, you know they're home. They're always home at this time. But you thought, well, you know, it's a 15-mile drive. I'm going to call just to make sure. You call them and nobody answers. But in your head, you're thinking, I know they're home. They must just be outside or whatever. So then you drive to your house, okay? You've sort of made the ask. Now you're doing the seeking. You drive the 15 miles to their house and you pull in and the car is there. The lights are on. So you turn around and drive home, Right? No, you don't give up that easily. You park the car, you get out, you go up to the front door, you ring the doorbell if there is one, okay? You ring it and you listen to hear if it's ringing. And then you knock because it didn't work. And when there's no answer, what do you do? You knock again and you knock louder. That's what people do when they come to my house anyway. And they lock, knock faster. And usually it's a case of I'm in the basement, can't hear, didn't have the phone, whatever. There is no doorbell ringer in the basement. And if they came to what we call the front door, there's no doorbell button there. There is at the back door. No, you, you would pursue. Um, the point is this, again, it's important to see them, right? You, you, you wanted to see them, so you persisted in your trying to find them and what I'm saying is we need to persist in seeking after God. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And Pastor Ty is going to come and tell us just one aspect of this, one of the avenues in which we're going to pursue this seeking here at North Hills. Well, all of us know that a journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And we understand that, that for all of us we're in process. Uh, last talked about the first step in the process uh, and how whenever Jesus wanted to start a, a spiritual discovery process with a person, his first invitation to them was, follow me. It was, hey, I, I want you to come learn from me, follow me. And for, for us even today, that's the first step. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, 
you can't you can't begin to learn and grow and change behavior in your life and all of that until you you say okay I, I'm going to follow Jesus as Savior, leader of my life, and I'm going to I'm going to follow him. But we we recognize that some people aren't even to that point, and, and and there are some things that you still have yet to overcome before you could ever trust Christ as your Savior. And how how can we do that? Um, how can you get those questions answered? Well, I'd have you look at that Connect card that you have in your program, and one of those things uh, it's mentioning a, a seeker small group. Uh, a small group for people who have questions, spiritual curiosity. They aren't at a place where they can say, ah, I'm ready to trust Christ. I'm ready to follow him. I've still got some questions that I need answered. We want to help you to have those questions answered. We want to give you the tools in your, in your hands where you can find the answers to some of these questions that are holding you back from entering this process. And so if you're interested in something like that, please check mark that. We'll contact you about that and, and set up the times and, and all that. And we're expecting a, a small group of people who would, who would say, yeah, let's figure some things out. I'd like to ask some questions and have a, you know, a non-pressured, you know, just open conversation about spiritual things. But if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about what is it in your life that you are pursuing? And what is the temperature? What is the, the fervency, your attitude towards pursuing Christ? Because I'm concerned. I'm concerned, and I'll just speak honestly, with what I'm feeling in just a general sense, um, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, we're far too easily satisfied. He said, we're half-hearted creatures content with making mud pies in the slum because we can't even imagine the offer of a vision at the sea. Far too easily satisfied, he said. And I have this sense that that some of us have slipped into this idea of, I've somehow arrived, you know? Like, I know everything that there is to know, or I feel like I know everything that there is to know, or I don't have that burning desire to discover new things. So we, we might call it apathy, we might call it um, uh, complacency, but it's this, this general sense of, I've found God, but there's no pursuit of him yet still. I'm concerned about that. I'm also concerned about the, the fact that, that when people want to discover where do they begin, see, for some people, they, they have this general sense that everybody else is at some spiritual level up here. You know, maybe they've been following Christ for some time or they know a lot about the Bible, but... I'm not anywhere near there. I want to get there, or I think I could be there someday, but I'm just not there. We would put it this way. What's the first rung on the ladder? Where does someone begin this discovery process? Uh, for us, we're, we're saying discover starts with Discovery 101. Now, what I'm going to be talking about here for the next few minutes is a series of classes there, before I before I talk to that, I want to I want to kind of throw off some some conceptions. And as I've talked to other people about it, 
they have this general sense of, well, if you're going to be talking about classes, I'm really not interested in that because that sounds really boring or really lame. You know, like, ah, they're thinking in their mind. Lecture. They're thinking in their mind. Um, you know, this is going to be someone talking to me and giving me information. I'm just going to be sitting there and kind of tuned out like you did when you were in college. But this is, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I want you to think of this as a discussion. I want you to think of this as people discovering these things together. I want you to think of it more as a small group than a lecture. But where do people start? Where would you start? Discovery 101. It's an introduction to North Hills. Basically, that is, hey, welcome. You know, you don't know anything about us. Let us tell you some of our history. Uh, let us tell you some about our pastors. Let us tell you what our hearts are throbbing for around here, what our mission is, what our goal is, where we see ourselves in the future. Let's, let's talk about um, some of the defining moments that have happened in our church and, and, and what's happening right now. So if you don't, aren't, don't feel like you've connected here, you like, I, I'm really brand new here, or if you are a person who's been here for, for some time, but you don't know some of the history, you, for example, wouldn't know the name of the denomination, the association that, that we are connected with. If you don't know that, that's probably kind of a good thing to know, you know? It's an opportunity for you to ask questions, to get to know us. And so don't just blow off the idea that, that you shouldn't attend 101. In fact, I would encourage you, if, uh, if you've never been to a newcomer uh, event here at North Hills, go to Discover 101 and start there. But we also know that there are some people that, that say, you know, no, I really do. I could write the history of North Hills. I know what we're about. I'm all in. Where would you start? Or a person um, who, who has gone through this 101 and they say, okay, now I, I, I want to start on this process. I want to I engage. Discover 201 is this. It's, it's a class designed as the basics of Christianity. So at the end of Discover 201, you would, you would kind of have the basics of Christian doctrine, what we believe. Answers to questions like, um, who is God? What is the Bible? How do I know it's true? Who is Jesus? Was Jesus the, the Son of God? What about the Trinity? What about baptism? These kind of basic questions about Christianity. Now, for some of you, you say, that's perfect. That's exactly what I need to know. I just need like this crash course so I can, I can engage in this whole discussion because I, I don't know where, you know, what some of these concepts are. That's a great place, but some of you say, well, I, I'm way above a basics of Christianity class, and I want to I speak to you for just a moment. Um, I, I'm a hobbyist. When I, um, when I feel like... Uh, I need a challenge or something, I dive into a new hobby. I don't know if any of you are, are like this. I have lots of things that, I've kind of, that I'm kind of hmm, somewhat good at, but they interest me, and so I pursue them. There's been a couple of hobbies that I've had where my children are interested in knowing those things, and so now I, I am passing kind of this information on to my children. Have you ever had one of those experiences um, where you pass information on to someone else? Uh, one of these kinds of hobbies, I play the guitar, and uh, there have been several times where my kids have been like, hey, would you show me some things on the guitar? Or I've taught people guitar lessons in the past. 
Whenever I go and teach someone guitar lessons, guess what happens? I rediscover things that I may have forgotten. Or I find out new things just in the process of learning and explaining it to someone else that I had forgotten or it, it was like, wow, this, it was an aha moment. It was a discovery for me in the process of helping someone else. So if we ever arrive at a place where we say, you know what, I'm beyond going and looking at the basics of Christianity. You know, that's somehow beneath me. We need to do a heart check, don't we? Because could it be that in the process of rediscovering these things, could it be that in the process of relearning them, relooking at them, it may be like that, that gym. There was a, uh, an old Jewish uh, rabbi used to say it this way, you know, the Word of God, whenever you look at it, it's beautiful, but if you look at it from even just a little different perspective, it becomes even more beautiful still. Let's rediscover these kinds of things. The first set of these two classes, 101 and 201, are happening on March 17th, one month from today. Sunday evening, you may have to make some, carve out some time in your schedule to make this happen. They're three hours. I know that sounds a lot, but it's not three hours of lecture time. There's a, a meal provided in there, um, lots of discussion, lots of interaction. You're going to meet new people. Um, you're going to be challenged, but you're going to grow. You're going to walk away feeling, ah, this was an incredible investment of my time. But a three-hour class, um, you're going to be hearing more about it uh, over the weeks, but put that bug in the back of your mind. Start in on this process. The classes will be offered once a quarter, and so you'll be able to attend all of the classes in the, in this, the period of one year's time. I talk more about this, um, this idea of discovery on the Second Look video for this week. If you haven't been watching Second Look, shame on you. You need to. You need to. I know some people just need a reminder, so on the Connect card, there's a little box that you can check and says, remind me this week to watch the video. It's online, northhillsbaptist.net. Click on Second Look and, and enjoy. I talk about discovery, and uh, there, there's some really great concepts that I think we all need to, to hear. If you don't have internet access, uh, there's a DVD available out in the lobby. But if you do have internet access, please leave the DVDs for those who can't, can't do that. I'm just going to briefly touch on two more things. Discover 301 is a, um, a discovery of how God has uniquely made you. Um, these will be offered here the, the next series of classes where you can discover, okay, what is my spiritual gifting? And how has God wired me uniquely for his kingdom? And I think that's important for all of us to know because God has uniquely made you for a purpose and discovering how you can use that in his kingdom is an incredible, uh, an incredible aha moment for, for many of us. It was a defining moment in my life. And Discover 401 is how can I share my faith? Evangelism training, you might call it. It's, okay, what is the, uh, how can I take this information and share it with someone else? We want to assure you that this is not teaching you how to hand out a tract or knock on somebody's door cold call. Though there's nothing wrong with that. We just understand that most people aren't wired in a way that that's comfortable for them. But what is the way that God has wired you and how can you share your faith? And so we want to help you to discover that. So as we, as we think about these, the, the, this idea of discovery, I want you to think about this, this concept of God as our Heavenly Father inviting us to a vacation at the sea. Are you comfortable building mud pies in the slum? 
That's the question. Pursue Him. Discover Him. In Jeremiah 29, 11-14, it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I have good things for you, God says. And then He says this, Then you will call upon Me and come and pray to Me and I will listen to you. You will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. See, this, these words in Jeremiah chapter 29 are, are coming to the, the nation of Israel after God is basically telling them, you're going, to be, you're going to be exiled for 70 years because you haven't followed Me. You haven't obeyed Me. Okay? And in that process of exile, in that process of learning and discovering, what you're going to do is you're going to begin to seek Me. And as you seek Me, you will find Me. Oh, I, I just pray and hope that, that we all are challenged and you're thinking, you know what? Um, maybe you're still kind of thinking, ah, class, eh, maybe not. But you're thinking, you know what, Pastor Ty said it's going to be really good. And uh, so I'm in. I'll, I'll, I'll go online and you can actually register for those online. You can click on it and, uh, right? Um, and you can register so we can have a count of, of who's going to come. Uh, persistently pursuing the kingdom of God. Let's, uh, um, as the ushers come forward, we're going to take the morning offering. Um, if you're our guest here, um, 